Praise the Lord. We record both the audio, we record the audio of the message, and we put that online on sermonaudio.com. You can find probably four or five years of messages there. And we also record for Facebook because we have people who can't be in the building, and some who choose not to for their own reasons. And we want to make sure that everybody gets a good recording of the service, at least the message at this point. We're in a series of messages that I entitled, Who Are You? And I asked that question. In fact, in the very first sermon of this series, I asked the children, who are you? And they answered with their names. So said, I'm this and I'm that. And they said, yeah, well, we all learn to identify with our names. But that's not just who we are. We're not just our name. We're not just the children of our parents or uh, grandchildren of our grandparents. We've learned that God's Word gives direct and indirect evidence of who believers are. Believers are temples of the living God, and yet we are children of God. And so as we sang that praise song and that, 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 that beautiful praise, I am a child of God, we recognize that we are because His Word says so. We are His children. We're those who endure the race that's set before us, that race that takes us from here to eternity. It's that dash between the date that we are born and the date that we die. We're enduring the race that's set before us. We season the world like salt with the gospel that preserves souls. We looked at our Lord's message on that. We're authorized to do everything that our Lord and Savior commanded, even heal the sick. I'm reminded of a time when I pray for people that are not in my presence, people who are maybe in other lands, and I say, Lord, bring your blessing upon them, and then the report comes back that they're okay. Because we ask and we receive, and that's what we're going to look at today. We're also authorized to have dominion over The spirits, the evil spirits, the demons, if you will. Our Lord said so. We are light in the world, and we renounce the hidden things of shame, the hidden things of darkness. We walk in the light as He is in the light. And we are also, as we learned last week, baptized baptizers. He said, go into all the world. And we know by the thousands of people that came into the body of Christ in the early church that the people who were baptized then turned around and went baptizing. It didn't take some special guy with a degree and a lot of letters after his name to do it. It was God who empowered the people who came into Christ to baptize others. And today we're going to answer that question, and we're going to see that we are those who ask. See, that's implied in the fact that our Lord instructed us to ask. His disciples had asked Him, teach us how to pray. Like John taught His disciples how to pray, and so He taught them. And then we know, because of what religion has done to His words, we know that as our Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. 
But when they formulated that prayer, they left off one important thing. And we're going to get to that in the sermon today. So I need you to pay attention. But before we go there, we're going to, we're going to open up to the 11th chapter of Luke's gospel record. I think Tony's going to put it up on the screen. And you can also find that in the Bibles there in your seats if you have one there. We're going to be getting more. Uh, thanks be to God and our friend George. We're going to be getting some more. So if anybody wants to actually open it up and have it in front of them, you can see that it is, in fact, in the Bible. We're going to turn to page 1604. And that's where we'll find the 11th chapter of Luke's gospel record. We're going to begin at verse 1 and read through verse 13. But before we do that, I want us to pray. I think the most important thing we can do is to ask for God's guidance. And so each time we open His Word, I want to do that. Father, we pray for You to root Your Word in our hearts. Examine us. Please show us anything that opposes you. I ask that you would fill each one who hears this message with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Guide us to be strengthened in the power of your might. Please unlock our understanding. Seal your word in our souls. Eliminate all distractions, Father. We are distracted by so many things in life, and I ask that you would just block them right now, that we can attend to your word, the reading of it and the hearing of it, because we know, Father, that your word tells us faith comes by hearing your word. So today, Father, we are going to read your word. And not just one passage and talk about the baseball game or the football game or the weather. We're going to read your Word and what your Word says about your Word. Please remove all human teachings and traditions that oppose your Word, Father. Let us walk in your power. Let us walk in your authority. Draw us nearer to you our Heavenly Father, and Your Word says You will draw near to us. Help us to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. Let us not be double-minded. Wash over us with Your Holy Spirit-filled Word that makes us people of love for You and our neighbor. Please pour Your Spirit upon all who are within the sound of my voice, Lord, whether in this room or online through the various means that we use to share Your Word there. Please grant to Your servant, Father, that by Your Spirit, with all boldness, I may speak Your Word through the name of the one we call Jesus, Yahashua, Your Messiah. I pray this in His mighty and majestic name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. So we're going again to page 1604. And that is Luke's gospel record. And that's where it's written, beginning at verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Very often, when we're reading that, we hear that prayer that we've said, most of us anyway, maybe all of us, over and over and over throughout our lives, and we don't read the rest of the text, but today we're going to. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is, <clears throat> the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Now hear this part. This is part of the prayer. It's part that's been excluded from mainstream religion. But it is part of the prayer because he's explaining to them, as he said, pray for this and this and this. Ask for this and this and this and this. And then he goes into the most important part of the prayer. He said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who asks Him? I pray that Almighty God will add His blessing to the reading and hearing of His Word. You know, last week we looked at how John the Baptist told his followers that his cousin, the one we call Jesus, Yahashua, his given name, would baptize people with the Holy Spirit and fire. John said, I baptize you with water, but the one that's coming after me, he's going to baptize, he's mightier than me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire purges. Fire cleanses. Fire purifies. When you think about the refiner's fire, whenever metal, like silver, for example, or gold, are heated up, all the junk, the impurities come to the top and it's skimmed off, and the refiner knows that it's pure because the refiner can look into that molten metal and see their own reflection. And see, that's what God wants from all of us. He wants to see His reflection in us. He wants us to be those who reflect Him out into the world. John said he wasn't even worthy to carry the sandals of the one who was coming. This was his cousin. They obviously knew each other. And I have to ask, who baptizes 
with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Who does that? Is it man or is it Christ? It's Christ. Christ baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Christ baptizes with fire. Christ purifies us. And so who are you? Believers are Holy Spirit-filled followers of Christ. That's who we are. We receive a measure of the Holy Spirit when we come into Christ. Because otherwise, if it wasn't a measure of the Holy Spirit, He wouldn't have said, pray for the Holy Spirit, because He was talking to believers. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. He wasn't saying to unbelievers, come to me and I'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit and you'll be born again. He's saying to the believers, come to me, ask for the Holy Spirit. We haven't been taught to do that. We've been taught to ask for food. We've been taught to, to receive forgiveness. We've been taught to pray for deliverance from evil, protection from temptation. But we haven't been taught to ask for the Holy Spirit. I think it's time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, it's written, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, all have been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member but many. We're all part of the body. We're all part of the body and we're baptized. We are overwhelmed in that body by His Spirit. Hear Almighty God's promise through Ezekiel. This is Old Testament and God promised to do something. And then after we read that text, I want to ask you, did He keep His promise? He says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. Shall means absolutely. There's no room for error there. You shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, that's talking about sin, and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Cause you. The Holy Spirit brings you to that place where you want to live your life obediently to Almighty God. He says so. He says He will cause you to walk in His statutes, and you will, not maybe, not might, or could. He says you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. That's in the 36th chapter of Ezekiel, verses 25 through 28. In John chapter 3, We hear the one we call Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, and actually, truly, truly, this is absolute truth, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Cannot enter, cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, see, we're talking about asking 
So I'm not going to go on these rabbit trails of all these different ideas that are coming into this message. You're going to have to search that out in his word. But I've got to stick to asking because he said to ask. If you ask, you'll receive. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15, hear what's written there. Believers are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We are among those who are being saved. It's a process. It's called sanctification. God's moving us toward Himself by His Spirit. And we are the fragrance of Christ, a sweet-smelling savor. We are beauty in the eyes and ears and nostrils of Almighty God. Our Lord said, Our Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. That's what He said. How much more? You will give good things to your children. Don't you think your Heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? That's what's implied. He says He will. So He's saying to you, ask. Ask. Because His Spirit is going to guide your life so that you live a life that is pleasing unto Him. doesn't matter what other people think. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It matters what He thinks. As some of our friends say, we've got an audience of one. Almighty God. He'd been praying, and when He finished, the disciples asked Him to teach them how to pray. And so that whole passage of Scripture that we read is His teaching on how to pray. Somehow, religion dropped off that part about asking for the Holy Spirit. And we need to be those who ask. We honor our Father in heaven. We're not to use vain repetitions, and that's sad that we have turned what He taught His disciples to pray into a vain repetition. Say it three times, say it five times, say it ten times, whatever. That's not what He taught. He said, when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. That's in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. We are to honor our Father in heaven. His name is holy. His kingdom is coming here on earth as it already is in heaven. His will is done here and in heaven. It is done here. We're acknowledging that it's done here. We're not saying we're going to let it be done here. We know that it's being done here. Even when we see everything falling apart in the world, we know that God's will is being done. He said so. Either we believe Him or we don't. I, for one, believe Him. Then after telling us to pray these things, He said, ask for your daily sustenance. Oh, I don't think any of us have to ask for food, do we? Is anybody in here hungry? Because if you are, I'll get you some food. Nobody's hungry. We're not hungry, not in this land. But there were people who were hungry at that time. And he said, pray that God will provide your food. And in another place, our Lord taught that you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, because your Heavenly Father will take care of you. He takes care of the birds. Don't you think He'll take care of you? That's what He said. My wife and I volunteer here. People say, how do you do that? Say, Because God takes care of us. And He does that through His saints. People give us gifts. People take care of us because God leads them to. And that is what has saved this building from being closed. Because I said, God, I'm going to walk with you as my guide. 
I'm not going to do anything but let you rule in my life. And that's what all of us need to do, folks. That's what all of us need to do. We all need to know that he will take care of us, no matter what the world looks like. He's going to take care of you. You have to trust that. And how could I lead you to do that if I didn't do it? I wouldn't be able to. I can't lead you to go someplace that I'm not willing to go. As the world changes, we may, more of us, find that we have to trust, have to, must trust in Him. So He gives them the basic elements to pray. Ask for your daily sustenance. Ask Him to forgive us our sins. Now, wait a minute. There are those who say, after we've been forgiven, He's forgiven us. We're forgiven as far as the east is from the west, and all our sins, past, present, and future. But our Lord said to ask for forgiveness. Did he say to do that once? They said, teach us how to pray. And he said, ask for forgiveness. And so we are to do that. I had a, a, a minister one time. He said, John, you've got to keep a short sin account. And what he's saying is, if you err, ask God to forgive you. Step away from that. Renounce it. And walk in holiness. He imputes holiness upon His people. He imputes His righteousness upon His people. And we can easily stay in the middle of His will by renouncing the hidden things of darkness. We looked at a couple of weeks ago. Ask Him. And He says, why should we ask for forgiveness? How could we be granted forgiveness? He said, because we forgive those who trespass against us. Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Somebody does something to you, your natural inclination is to make them stop, first of all. And secondly, maybe in the flesh, you'd want to do something to get back at them. I mean, let's just face it. Humans do that. Chris and I were in Pittsburgh yesterday and encountering people that we don't always encounter, and I was reminded of some things. And I said, Lord, I forgive. I don't have to tell them. I tell him. I tell him. I forgive. And then there's this purging that happens, this cleansing that happens. Because I am forgiven. I can forgive. And then he tells his disciples to ask him to lead us out of temptation. By saying, lead us not into temptation. Who, who tempts? It's the enemy that tempts. God doesn't tempt. And in fact, His Word tells us, that when you're tempted, don't blame God. It's not God's fault. God's not tempting you. So when we're praying, lead us not into temptation, we're saying, lead me out of temptation. Give me strength against temptation. Help me to resist the devil. And we know His Word says, He'll flee. That's what His Word says. Ask Him to deliver us from the evil one. You see, deliverance is biblical. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one, as Luke put it. And then there's that thing he told us we can ask for that got dropped off of the prayer. The Holy Spirit. After giving them those elements, he taught them more in depth about what to pray and how to pray and why to pray this way. You all being... Normal people, he called them evil. And these were 
born-again believers he was talking to. He said, you being evil, you give good gifts to your children. Won't your heavenly Father give you good gifts? Of course he will. He tells the story of the man who persisted in asking his friend for bread to serve a traveling guest. He used that, that example to show them that this man had a good reason to refuse. My children are in bed. We're asleep. Come on, get out of here. He's saying sometimes God's got a good reason to not answer your prayers. What he's telling them. He said, be persistent. Though he won't rise and give to him because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, that's what's written in Luke chapter 11 and verse 8, because of his persistence. So whenever your prayer hasn't been answered on one quick prayer. See, this with God is not always this instant gratification thing that we've grown up in this world to expect. He said, persist. Because of his persistence, he'll rise and give as many as he needs. Our Lord wants his people to persist in prayerful asking. Ask for your daily food. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for deliverance. Ask to be led out of temptation and ask for His Holy Spirit. And don't stop asking. Be persistent. Even though that's been left out of our praying largely in the body of Christ, He says to ask. I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, everyone, he doesn't say some, he doesn't say most, he doesn't say many, he says everyone. Now, do we believe him? This is the one that we claim to follow, the one we call Jesus, Yahashua, the Messiah, the Christ. He's the one we claim to follow. Do we believe him? He says everyone who asks will receive. You see, I believe that to the core of my being. I believe it. And so when I pray, I pray and I say, God, I know your word says if I ask and I believe that you will, in fact, answer my prayer. Knock. Everyone who asks and those who seek find and to him who knocks it will be opened. And all of these are forms of asking. Knocking on the door of heaven. Father. Father. Be persistent. Seek what He wants you to seek. Seek His will for your life. Ask for these things that He has said He will give, and He will give them. I'm not hungry. God feeds me. Everything I need is taken care of. Everything. I have no needs. God takes care of them. And so then we come down to that line between need and and wants. What do we want? God will supply a lot of our wants, too, as a blessing upon us when we're His people. I want a good running car. I don't care what age it is. It just has to run. I don't want it to stop in the middle of wherever it is I'm going or coming back from. I've had cars that would die in the parking lot whenever I pulled in. This has happened to me many times. God got me where I was going, got me back, pull into the driveway or the parking lot, and it doesn't start again. I say, thank you for your grace, Lord. Could have broke down on that dark side road out there in the countryside. 
And then our Lord says, if you ask for bread, will you, the Father, will he give a, a child a stone? You ask for something good, won't he give it to you? Of course he will. And this is what he's trying to reinforce, the idea, before he gets to that point when he says, ask for the Holy Spirit, he's trying to tell his disciples they need to ask. And Father will give those things that you ask for. He will. There you have it. We should ask Almighty God to give us His Holy Spirit. We ask for food. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for strength against temptation. Many of us have done that since childhood. I can remember way back, four or five years old, when we were praying that prayer. But nobody ever said, ask for the Holy Spirit. It wasn't part of the prayer. But our Lord said to ask. And so, I have to ask you, have you? Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Because He said to ask, and you'll receive. Almighty God's our loving Father. He promised that the prayers of His faithful followers would be answered. And He promised that repeatedly throughout His teachings. He wants us to rely on Him for everything we need. Rely on Him. Not on me. Not on a building like this. Not on a job or a career or anything else worldly. He wants us to rely on Him. If we ask for good and necessary things, He gives them. He said so. I believe Him. Do you believe Him? I believe Him. You believe Him? He said so. He gave them hope above hope for strength against temptation and deliverance from the evil one. How? By the Holy Spirit. You can't do that in your own flesh. You have no strength against this angel we call Satan, this fallen angel, this evil one the one who exalted himself above the Father, who had to be cast out of heaven. We don't have any strength against him. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we have power over all the power of the enemy. That's what his word says. We looked at that a few weeks ago. Hope does not disappoint. It's written in Romans 5 and verse 5, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by, listen, the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And in Romans 15, Paul the Apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what does he say? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where our hope comes from. We abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have no power of my own. None. Zero. I am flesh. And in the flesh, I can do nothing. But in the Spirit, by God, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do what He wants me to do because He has given me His power, His Spirit, to do it. 
It's not me, it's him. And each of you, I'm nobody special. I'm just some guy that God said, okay, you're going to preach. And I said, no. And I ran from him for a lot of years and for a lot of reasons. And he said, you're going to preach. And finally, buckling under his presence and in his power, I fell to the ground and I cried out to him and said, take me and use me because I can't fight you anymore. And each and every one of us have his power if we will allow him to rule in our lives. It's his power. He said, ask for it. Ask for it. Ask. Ask. Be those who ask. Be those who ask. Ask him, Rosalie. Ask him, each and every one of you. Ask him. Ask him for that power. Ask him for his spirit. He said he'll give his spirit to those who ask. So ask. Be those who ask. Who are you? Those who ask. You are those who ask. Somebody says, who are you? You say, my name is John, and I'm one who asks God. You can say that, because his word makes it clear you are to be those who ask. You have hope above hope. It's written in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Our Lord said again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask... It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Will anybody agree with me? We can all receive His Spirit. If we ask, ask. He said, everybody asks, they'll get what they ask for, especially if two agree. The power of agreement is incredible. I know this firsthand. It's not something I'm just preaching out of the text of Scripture. I understand it. I stand under it. It is the authority over me. I'm not the authority over it. God's Word is the authority. God's Word gives you power. God's Word gives you strength. It's not me. It's not my words. I'm not talking about some baseball game or the weather or my dog or the cat or whatever. I'm talking about the Word of Almighty God, and each and every one of you can have what you ask for if, in fact, you ask. He says so, and he says it again. And, but remember, he put a qualifier on it. He put a qualifier on it just after that. That was verse 19. In Matthew chapter 18, in verse 22, we read this. Now, now hear this. He said, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Amen. Believing. See, there's a qualifier. If you don't believe, guess what? You may not receive. And there's a whole lot. We could go down that rabbit trail for an hour. There's a lot of Scripture that relates to that, okay? I'm not going to go there, but I want you to understand. When you ask, ask believing. Whether it's two or more or one. If you're one-on-one -on -one with God, say, Father, I believe. Help me with my disbelief. Help me with this, this lack of belief that I may have in my flesh. Help me. Strengthen me. Give me your spirit so that I may pre prevail in prayer. See, He desires our faith. He desires our faith. He wants us to believe. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believe you will receive. He wants us to ask, and He wants us to believe. 
In Mark chapter 11, in verse 24, it's written, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's what's written. You will. doesn't say you might. doesn't say you could. It doesn't say, well, maybe, or you should. It says that very strong little four-letter word, will. You will have them if you believe when you pray. And getting to that place of absolute trust and belief in Almighty God as your Heavenly Father is just like these babies who trust the adults in whose care they are in. They can do nothing but the adults that are in their lives are taking care of them. And they trust that they will. That's the kind of believing that Almighty God wants from His people. That's the kind of asking He wants you to do. Ask Him to make you that little child to Him. That you will trust and believe everything that you ask for, believing you will receive especially when you ask for the Holy Spirit. Now let's see. In John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, it's written, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And why? He gives us the answer, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And what was his name? Well, we call him Jesus. His name was Yahashua. He said, you ask in my name, you ask in the name of the Son, I will do it. I will do it. Not I might, not maybe. Not you can hope I will. He said, I will. I will do it. That's what he said. And then as we go on, in John chapter 15, in verse 7, he gives us another qualifier. If you abide in me, and if my words abide in you, that if is implied there, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Shall be. Shall is absolute. And in this world of relative and everything's relative, this is not. This isn't a maybe. It's not a might be. It's not a well, it could be. It's a shall be. Shall be done for you. Believe it. It shall be done. That's what he says. He said, this is the one we follow. This is the one that our faith is named after, Christ our Lord. He said, it will be done. Amen. Now in John chapter 16, it is written, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. He was speaking to his disciples there. He said, you haven't asked anything in my name, so it's time to do it. It's time to ask. And I believe as we look around at the world that we're living in right now, I believe the people of God need to ask for His Spirit to come down upon the body of Christ and rule the body of Christ. That all evil spirits would be expelled. 
that Almighty God would get the glory. Nobody and no one else will get the glory except for Almighty God himself. In Ephesians chapter 3, it's written, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. See, now he made it at another level. He can do more than we can even think he can do. We can, he'll do more than we can ask. We can't imagine what he can do. We don't have the capacity to think what he can do. He still says to ask, and he'll do it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit is how that's done. Because he says, according to the power that works in us. He'll do abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not our power. It's not human power. It's not human strength. It's not human ability. It's not our flesh. It's all about Him having glory through us because the only way He's going to get glory out of any of us is through His Spirit working in us and keeping us on His path. We go on. It's written in James chapter 1 and verse 5 and 6, if you, any of you, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom, right? Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom. He gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to them. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. When you ask, believe. When you ask, you ask in faith. You do not doubt. And if you have doubt, you ask God to take that doubt away. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. It's the Holy Spirit that brings wisdom. Do you lack wisdom? Ask, and you'll receive. That's what he says. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, we read Paul's prayer for Almighty God to give the Ephesians a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The purpose... Why? So that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. His inheritance is in us. Do you know that? In us. What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? And we could say, in us. His mighty power is working. Whether it's in us or not is another question. But His power is working. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we hear, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, this is Christ speaking, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What's the power for? Why do we receive this power? Is it so that we can be powerful, right? Superheroes, right? So we be witnesses of Him. So we tell others. Because He said, the end shall not come until the Word is gone out into all the world. That's what He said. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses. Witnesses. And you know that word witnesses carries the idea of being martyrs? Do you know that? I know. We don't want to hear that part. Come on, pastor. Why do you got to talk about that, right? This martyr thing, you know, dying for Christ and all that. Because that's what he says. 
And who knows how many people have, in fact, died for Christ. And I just learned of hundreds who were murdered in another country just in the last week because of their faith in Christ. You will be witnesses. You might be martyrs if you believe and you stand in your faith. That's what he said. In fact, we could go down that rabbit trail and talk about the persecution he said you're going to face and how you're going to be hated and all of that by all men for his name's sake. He said, but be of good cheer because your names are written in heaven. And then, in James chapter 4 and verse 2, We read this, you do not have because you do not ask. Why are we not taught to ask for the Holy Spirit? You do not have because you do not ask. Is there some reason that somebody withheld that information? Is there some reason why that isn't widely taught? You do not have because you do not ask. Why is it that the church wholesale has not taught that? We need to be Spirit-filled believers. We need to ask God for His Spirit. Why has the church withheld this information? You do not have because you do not ask. Is there maybe somebody that doesn't want us to have? Who would not want us to have the Holy Spirit? The enemy of souls doesn't want us to have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit delivers us from evil. The Holy Spirit leads us out of temptation. The Holy Spirit protects us from the evil one. That's what our Lord said anyway. In John chapter 14... In verse 25, we hear, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He'll teach you. Who do you think is teaching you right now? Do you think it's Pastor John, or do you think the Holy Spirit is taking over and using me to teach you? It's the Holy Spirit. It's not me, folks. I don't have the capacity to do what it is that God gives me the ability to do. I am not humanly able to do this. And I won't go into that big, long story, but I'm not. God is in control here because I raise up my hands and I say, God, I'm yours. Take me and use me. I want to be used to your glory each and every day of my life. And that's what I want for each and every one of you. I want you to be used of God. I want you to be empowered by God. I want him to take you and use you to his glory every way that he sees fit. Not the way maybe that you see fit. See, I didn't see myself as a preacher in a pulpit. No way. I ran from that hard and fast into the world. And there's nothing you've done that I haven't done. Well, maybe there's an exception or two. I don't know. But I have sinned, and I've fallen short of the glory of God, and He's taken me and cleaned me up, and He's using me to His glory to teach you by the power of His Holy Spirit. It's not me. Not me. To God be the glory. Remember, after he said that you'll be witnesses, and James tells us you have not because you ask not, James gives a warning against asking the wrong way for the wrong reason. And I remembered Simon, the the sorcerer, after he was delivered. He saw that the Holy Spirit was given to people by the laying on of hands, and he pulls out some money. He says, here, give me that too. I want that power. I want that power. 
And you know there's so many that want the power of God to build whatever it is that they're building on earth, and that is not what I want. I want God to build His kingdom and help me to be one that helps Him to build His kingdom here on earth, because He can use any of us. We don't want to ask amiss. But James says you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. And there's so many in the body of Christ today that have hurt people. They've shut up the doors of heaven, and He said, no, 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 you don't fit. Well, I'm going to tell you, folks, you're all part of the family of Christ. And here in this building, this is where Christ's family in this region meets. And we are going to be the people of God. We are going to continue to serve God. We're going to continue to bring souls into His kingdom. We're going to continue to build His kingdom, not our own. God didn't call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. And whoever rejects this doesn't reject man. But God, because God has given us His Holy Spirit. That's written in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And then in Titus, see, we could talk about holiness. That would take another hour or two. If you guys got all day now, we could, we could have Chris bring the food up here. We can. God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, this is in Titus chapter 3, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. How many of us know that His mercy endures forever? His Word says it over and over. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Those three words are repeated over and over and over throughout His Word, and you would think that we as His people would understand, stand under, that His mercy endures forever. And as long as we have breath in these bodies and anybody else has breath in theirs, we can draw them out of the darkness and into the light. We can bring them to Christ. We can bring them to the cross, the foot of the cross, where they can be covered with the blood of Christ and be saved from their sins. When the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We are heirs of the promise. There's lots of other passages of Scripture that we could look at. I want to read another one from Hebrews. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear His voice today... If you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, as the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, saw my works 40 years. He said, look, they knew God was in control, and still they tested God. They tried God. And therefore, he says, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my way, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, 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 every day, exhort one another. While it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, we need to encourage each other not to sin. 
We need to be doing this daily, every day. We need to be saying, please, don't sin. Hey, brother, hey, sister, don't sin. Resist that sin. Resist that temptation. Pray, ask, deliver me from evil, Father. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. So ask for His Holy Spirit. Ask. And I want to point out one more thing as I wrap this up. Our Lord said to ask. It's His command. It's His instruction to His people. He said the children of God can ask Him for good things, and He'll supply them. He'll supply all the goodness that we ask for. But the catch is that we believe. We ask and we believe. We believe and we ask. And see, even the act of asking is an act of believing. If we ask the Father, we're showing Him reverence and acknowledging that He alone can answer our prayer. So I want us to pray together. I want us to ask, and I want us to believe, and I want us to pray aloud, okay? You don't, if you don't feel like it, that's fine. Nobody's going to chastise you for not praying. But I really want us to participate in this together, okay? Because for all of our lives, anybody who has been in the faith for any period of time, we have prayed, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, blah, 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 yada, 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 and so on and so forth. I want us to pray the elements of that prayer without the roteness of it. Heavenly Father, Your name is holy. Build Your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Please provide for our daily needs. Forgive us in the way we forgive others. Lead us out of temptation. Deliver us from all evil. Yours is the kingdom, glory, and power forever. We ask You to give us Your Holy Spirit, that the eyes of our understanding would be forever opened, and that Your power would rule our lives. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all as it's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. Father, I lift up each one in this congregation and those who will hear this message at any time in the future, and I ask that you would. Father, I pray, believing that you can and will pour out your Spirit upon all who hear this message, and I pray this in Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. Now, if we can, we'll receive an offering.